welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay and she's Sarah and we are marine biologists in recovery and today we are celebrating the best, most auspicious holiday of all, May the 4th. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Star Wars today. Um, Hooray! Yeah. I, we've been trying to figure out how to talk about Star Wars-y biology for the whole time that we've had this podcast, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and been a little bit intimidated, maybe yeah. is the right word, because it's such a huge universe. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we like Star Wars, but we're not, like, completionists by any stretch of the imagination in the Star Wars world. Right. Um yeah, so we've just been a little bit intimidated, and yeah, so we just basically figured we'd pick some of our favorite bits of Star Wars and talk about their biology and celebrate May the 4th. Yeah, and we're definitely not super enthusiasts. I don't even know. Is there a word? Um, like, we're like, I would say we're more casual Star Wars fans than like yes. most people who talk about Star Wars on a podcast. Yes, I agree completely. Um, I have a brother-in-law who is very enthusiastic mm-hmm. about things. And so sometimes he tells me things so I know a little bit more than some other people, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I have seen all of the movies at least once. Yes. Yes. And we both watched The Mandalorian. Yes. Yes. And that and that is our Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, feel like at some point in the sort of... Mid nineties, early two thousands. I read some books, but I don't have any strong memories of them. Um, so yeah, do you remember the first time watching Star Wars? I do. I think oh. it was. Well, I can't say ten because Amanda was with me, and there's no way she was six. So, but somewhere in that range. Yeah. It was Christmas break. We had the VHS, so it must have been. I must have been like 13 or something, whenever those VHSs came out. Oh, like, yeah, the re-release, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so we decided to watch them. I already knew about uh, Darth. I already knew about that because, like, there was a Jell-O commercial. Hmm. Um, So that part was already revealed to me, but I don't think, like, I don't think I knew about Leia. Huh. Interesting. Anyway, we... um, Decided to watch all three, and so we stayed up to like three in the morning. <laughs> and I know it was Christmas because we both ate our make-your-own gingerbread house kits in the middle of the night, and we like didn't go to sleep. I'm almost real bad That's in the cute. morning. That's cute. But that was my yeah. first experience. I remember like when they all came out on VHS, watching them all, but I had seen them, at least parts of them, before that. Um, but that's one of the things of like being the oldest in my family was, yeah, like I'd probably seen them. So I definitely, that wasn't my first experience watching them, but that's, I remember like getting those DVDs and being really excited, like getting them from the movie store and stuff. Yeah. And then we watched, like I went to the theater mm-hmm. for one and two, and then we were obsessed with Attack of the Clones because we liked Hayden Christensen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was 18 or something. I don't know. Something I don't even yeah. Um. And so, yeah, we were super obsessed with that. I watched it a ton because it's basically a bad chick flick, but also <laughs> in Star Wars. Yeah. Um. And then we got the DVDs, and there was like special features about season season about Episode Three on mm-hmm. there, and I watched those more 
a bunch, really excited, and then I didn't watch it. I watched episode three, like, once. I think we were in Australia when it came out. Mm, no, or... I, think we were, I think we were here. I don't know. Maybe I, I was in Banfield. Oh, maybe. I have like, really I strong memories of watching one of them, the one where the, there's the crazy Yoda fight, where, like, Yoda flies. <laughs> Is that the second one or the third one? Well, it's been both, because the, oh. the second one was so... Um, so I think it must have been the second one because it was the first time. Like it was, yeah. I remember, have really, really strong memories of being at the theater with my friend Erica and watching it and everything in the movie other than that kind of being a bit not good. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that part being mm-hmm. super fun. And then I've seen the third one, but I think I saw the third one like when episode seven was announced. Like I, it took a really long time for me to yeah. actually, Or maybe like, that was when I first, like I think maybe I saw it in the theater and then never rewatched it until... We decide, I decided to watch all of them before episode seven. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think I've watched episode yeah. three a second time. Um, yeah, I don't This know. Christmas, hmm. they were all on, and we started watching a little bit of episode two. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. But then my dad was, like, going to record them, and we could watch them, and then he didn't. But I was like, oh, I can finally watch episode three again, which I know I could watch at any time, because I have Disney+, Plus and I'm stuck in my house. Um, <laughs> but yet, I yeah. haven't. So, whenever... <laughs> If I'm yeah. going to watch a long, epic uh, movie on Disney+, Plus. I'm just going to watch Endgame. Let's just be honest about life. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And then, yeah, episodes 7, 8, and 9, the two of us have gone with our other best friend to watch all of them in the theater, um, mm-hmm. which has been a great experience. Oh, and Rebel and Rebel 1. Yeah. Yes, I saw Solo at my mm, sister's not, with my brother-in-law. I have not seen Solo. I should watch it eventually, but... Yeah, so... We figured we would go in our order of being exposed to these animals because we had to mm-hmm. pick some order. And yeah. Yeah. So yep. first so up, that makes sense. <laughs> first up, I'm going to talk about Wookiees because who yeah. doesn't love Wookiees? Um, yeah, definitely watching Star Wars as a kid. You're like super fascinated by Chewie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, so... Wookiees, if you have been living under a rock, um, do not live under rocks. They climb trees. Um, <laughs> they are really tall. They are up to three meters and they are covered in fur. They're from a temperate planet, but they are able to withstand the cold, as we saw on Hoth. Um, there's a ton of information out there because one of the main Star Wars characters is a Wookiee and there's lots of other Wookiees apparently in other Star Wars properties. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to talk about with Wookiees is that they are covered in fur and their fur has water shedding properties, just like sea otters. So, um, we've talked about sea otters a fair bit. When did we talk about sea otters? Um, Island of Blue Dolphin. Island of Blue Dolphin, Yeah. But sea otters, fur-covered marine mammals, um, obviously Wookiees are not marine. They live in arboreal, arboreal uh, climate. Um, but they are quite slim. Like, they're, you know, they don't have a lot of extra fat. They don't really wear clothes mm-hmm. to keep them warm, so they use their fur. Um, and so it's probably similar to um, sea otters. They have fur that keeps them dry, and then they trap air inside the fur, and that helps keep them warm. They also eat a pretty high-calorie diet, according to um, the Star Wars uh, wiki, which is called a Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, that also helps sea otters stay warm. And um, one of the highest compliments that a Wookiee can give is to groom you. And sea otters also do social grooming, and that's an important way that they keep warm. Having their fur be really clean helps it trap more air and then helps um, keep them warm. It's like having your own puffy jacket. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are like sea otters. Yeah. And I wouldn't, and I would like to give a Wookiee a hug, but yes. not a sea otter. True fact. Also, Wookiee noises are nicer than sea otter noises. Oh, yes. Everything's better, nicer than a sea otter noise. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think we talked about that in, when we talked about sea otters, but you think no, sea otters? No, probably not. So cute. Baby sea otters. Super cute. Yeah. Take the video off mute. Yeah. <laughs> Worst noise they ever. scream for attention and they live in a place with loud waves and their mums go far away to hunt. So they scream really loud. Really um, loud. Yeah, I'll try to find a video to put in the show notes um, because really it's an experience that everyone should experience. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Lindsay, what's next? What's next is Ewoks. Yay! Yay! Everybody's cutest animal in the Star Wars universe in... Well, cutest animal, basically. Yes. I was going to say until something happened, but he's not an animal. We'll talk well, about I mean, later. Ewoks are... Yeah, I mean, they're... We're all animals. Um, it's true. Yeah. Um, so they're very, very cute. And there's a whole thing about teddy bears and George mm. Lucas. And you can have a decision as how you feel about them. And I don't care. They're adorable. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, they're small me- um, bipeds, which is obvious. They're hunter-gatherers. They're one meter tall, which is extra funny when they sit next to you. Chewy. Um, they're highly skilled and can obviously beat um, stormtroopers in a battle, which I don't know if it's saying much. Yeah. But, stormtroopers are um, but they bad. still haven't progressed past like the Stone Age level of technology, which doesn't yeah. seem to matter, really. Um, they're omnivores. They're covered in fur. Um, they live in a temperate rainforest, very similar to what you would call Oregon. <laughs> um, uh, they actually live on the forest moon of Endor, and this is where uh, one of the things that I do know from my brother-in-law, but it seems to still be uh, unclear when I'm doing research here, is that it's the planet where, like, the place where they live is not called Endor. Mm-hmm. It is a forest moon of the planet Endor. Well, it's like when you talk about, like, um, the moons of Saturn or the moons of Jupiter, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So, but this doesn't seem to have a name, or it might. I don't know. Yeah. But don't. people often refer to it as Endor. Mm. But it's but not. It's a, it's a moon of Endor. This, unlike most things on Star Wars, actually is a moon. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, anyway, adorable. so Ewoks, like, they, we don't know much about them, um, except that, like, I'm sure that there's lots of stuff on the Wikipedia, and I know that there's the special that may or not, may not be canon, depending on how you feel about life. Hmm. Um, but one of the things, one of the real reasons I wanted to do this was because of the How I Met Your Mother episode, where Barney gives a, a presentation <laughs> on Ewoks for some reason, and the uh, he goes through all sorts of things like evolution and uh, reproduction, and then also hairstyles. <laughs> and stuff and we'll put it in the show notes because it's so ridiculous and it's all about the argument as to why some people um like what uh ewoks and some people don't um judging by the age of when they saw um return of the jedi uh Mm. and it's ridiculous and how i met your mother is very problematic for many many reasons but not for this one their love of star wars is fantastic and this super ridiculous powerpoint is amazing and it has all the information that you need about Ewoks. <laughs> so this uh, one wasn't amazing. super scientific. Uh, but yeah, they're just another creature yes. in the Star Wars universe that are tiny bears. Yeah. And basically. we are both 
well, I mean, not that there's any shame of having Ewoks be your favorite part of Star Wars, um, because that's just ridiculous and yep. judgmental and unnecessary. But we mm-hmm. are definitely of an age to have fallen in love with Ewoks more so than other parts of Star Wars. Yeah, um, and I definitely. still love, like, I love all the Ewok scenes. I think they're so fun. Um, Me too. I think they're adorable yeah. and they're great. And it's a great, they talk about on the Wikipedia page about how he wanted to, to be a tribal, non-technological, non-technological, yeah. non-technological species or clan or whatever yeah. of uh, a race um, that takes down the empire, which I think yeah. is really cool. And whether or not you like the species, I think it's a cool message in it. Uh, I always like that kind of thing, like, in it where they, I don't know the terms and everyone's going to get mad at me, but when they have the two logs and they crush the... Oh, yeah, the... The AT-AT. AT-AT or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah, they're very, they're super inventive and creative and they, like, obviously have, like, the home moon advantage. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, they know their way around and they're super comfortable and, like, capable in that environment more so than... yeah. Um, stormtroopers. The stormtroopers with all their technology and science and um, whatever, but yeah, the instinct and the ability to navigate their environment and their understanding of the world around them uh, for the Ewoks is like more powerful, and also like working together with the mm-hmm. rebels and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good, good powerful message. Good that message. You don't really think about until you take a step back and look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. All right. So, um, next up, we're going to jump to the Mandalorian because there wasn't really a lot of new biology, or at least like natural history type biology, in any of the other movies. There's lots of biology stuff around like breast, like breathing, and all kinds of weird, weird biology that we're not going to get into because we like nature. So let's yes. talk about the Mandalorians because in the Mandalorian, uh they go to a whole bunch of different planets. So we get to meet a whole bunch of new aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about the first one? Yeah. So in the uh, second episode, I just lost my link. Um, they meet the Mudhorn, which is a giant um, animal that resembles a rhino. Hold on. Let me look and see if they have a more specific thing. It's a large horned creature and the eggs are super important to it. It's a little bit, um, goblet of fiery <laughs> with the getting the eggs. It's oviviparous and it lays a single egg per clutch. Um, and the jaw was really want the egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. I've only watched this once. Um, but still, it's a little bit. He's got to go fight and steal the egg from the angry mom. And if only he called his broom, mom. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, this species. Yeah, chapter two. This species. Uh, bears a heavy resemblance to an extinct genus of rhinoceros from the late Pleistocene called the Elasmotherium, which sounds like a shark. Um, So the Elasmotheriums were endemic to Eurasia in the Pleistocene and from about 40,000 years ago. Um, The rhinoceroses, rhinoceri? Rhinoceroses. (laughs) Rhinoceroses. They have, oh, their teeth grew forever, which is terrifying. Um, They got a, they had a large thick horn, as all rhinos do. 
Um, they, their legs were longer than other rhinos and were adapted for galloping, giving them a horse-like gait, which also sounds terrifying. <laughs> so terrifying. They're herbivores, but they had giant molars, so that's weird. Um, molars are used for eating, for crunching, yeah, crushing leaves. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Canines. Canines. It's the, the pointy ones, ones are for shredding the flesh, and the, the flat ones are for grinding the plants. So these ones seem to be probably about five meters in body length, with an estimated mass of three and a half to four and a half tons. Oh, that's um, pretty big. Yeah. And cool. they're comparable in size to the woolly mammoth and larger than contemporary woolly rhinoceroses. Cool. So they were big. And if you saw uh, the Mandalorian, this mm-hmm. animal was much bigger than a normal rhinoceros. Indeed. But in the Mandalorian... It only be taken down by some special magic force <laughs> thing. Spoilers. Um, in... In the Mandalorian or in the Star Wars world, though, as much as they look like rhinos, they definitely aren't rhinos because they have eggs, and rhinos are yes. mammals. So rhinos are mammals, and even this one like is a mammal because that's how evolution works. Indeed, um, <laughs> and it also has hair, so yes. mammals. Uh, so yeah, so that's an interesting thing, especially like uh, if you think about the size of that animal in the mm. Mandalorian and, and being a single egg-laying creature. Like that doesn't seem, very yeah reasonable at all yeah because like dino Um, dinosaurs that were that big would have laid like a whole clutch of eggs and most egg laying mm -hmm. animals lay multiple eggs that's kind of yeah not all but that's just most not all but like most and that's just a way of um ensuring reproductive success yes that's the one (laughs) totally blanking also like i don't know it's not on this they don't think they would know because you can't tell how many nipples an animal had when it's a fossil, um, but I'm assuming normal rhinos have probably. Do they have multiple births? Um, I don't know a lot about rhinos. Oh, I don't know. I I feel like rhinos don't have multiple births because most ungulates don't. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and also they are not doing super awesome. Oh yeah, that's great. True. If they had multiple births, they'd probably they'd be, be doing a little bit better. A little bit better. I don't yeah. know. Okay, um, well, maybe there will so, be a movie about rhinos, and we will talk about them then. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh God, any movie about rhinos is going to be really upsetting. Let's watch that. <laughs> True fact. Um, anyway, so like they basically based the animal, the obviously the CG off of this mm-hmm. ex- random extinct rhinoceros, which is kind of cool. I don't know why. Yeah, because they're but... cool looking. Yeah, I yeah. think they're cool. Like, what and did you do? Like, type in cool extinct animals and then just sort through the Google images? Sure. Yeah. I don't Works know. for me. It's crazy. Um, so, next up from Mando are Blurgs, which, as I'm reading about them, I'm learning that they are not just from The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Blurgs also are in a whole bunch of episodes, or a few episodes, of The Clone Wars and also Star Wars Rebels and some other things that I don't know what they are. Um... But there, there are Blurgs in um, three episodes of Mandalorian, and they're the ones that they ride. Um, also, so they're really weird looking, um, and somewhere it is found out that the females eat the males after mating, which in an animal this size it seems odd. Mm. But yes, I have a thought, which I haven't shared with Lindsay because it just popped into oh. my head. Um, okay. So if you look at a picture of a Blurg, they have large back legs and a big tail and then short little arms kind of like a t-rex mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they're ridden and they u- are used to carry stuff kind of like a donkey 
But then if uh-huh. you look at their head area, they kind of look like anglerfish. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I figured we could talk a little bit about how anglerfish reproduce. And that is yeah. that female anglerfish are the ones that you see. Male anglerfish are like a tenth of the size of the females. They basically find a female, bolt themselves onto them, kind of like a parasite, and inject sperm into her. Like, they, like, not even, I don't even know, like, not through any vent. They just, like, stick onto her, add sperm, and then become part of her. Like, they they just die. Like, she doesn't eat them, but they, yeah, it's crazy. Like, are absorbed, uh, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Male um, anglerfish are way smaller than female anglerfish. So that could explain how um, blurks oh, yeah. eat. Maybe they're all female. Maybe, yes, yeah, so the ones you see are all female. And then, um, yeah, and then the males are teeny tiny. Interesting. Indeed. I still don't know how they would mate, but yeah. my biggest question is to why this fact exists. Yes. And looking at this photo um, on the Wikipedia, they have really like sharp, pointy teeth, but then apparently are herbivores. So that also seems odd. Unless mm-hmm. maybe they use their small teeth for, like, like filtering, and then they, they like, eat out of puddles or something. I don't know. Um, they're very strange. They're reptile-ish. Ish-ish. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first thing I thought of was T-Rex anglerfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. So, like, you ride them. Yeah, but you ride them like a donkey. Um, yeah. Crazy. And then the last one from Mandalorian was the first one that I thought of. Especially when we, when I first watched it, being a biology, marine biology kind of person, uh, was the blue krill in in chapter four. Um, So there's this um, planet where they farm blue krill and they use it to make a drink called spotchka and the bad guys come and are trying to steal the krill to make their own spotchka. Doesn't really matter. Um, But it made me think- No, it does matter because is that the soup? I don't know. the best gift in the history of the world? Maybe? No, I thought that was soup. I think spotchka is booze. Oh, okay. Well- doesn't matter. We can still but use the gift. It's that same episode. <laughs> Very cute. Which and it was my favorite episode too. Um, Mine too. Yeah. So in on Earth, krill are not blue. Although there are some crustaceans that are bluish, um, mm-hmm. but not krill. Krill are usually orangey red, and it's because of a pigment called astaxanthin. And astaxanthin is. Um, what gives them that reddish color. And it's thought to help with both photo protection, like sunscreen, basically, and also with camouflage. Um, and if you, you've probably heard of krill on Earth, and they are a huge, important part of lots of um, ocean ecosystems, especially in the Antarctic, because uh, they are um, fed upon by all kinds of, like, all different sizes of animals, everything from blue whales to little fish. Um, so they're really important in terms of feeding, like, the whole food chain. And you might have also heard of krill because people now are starting to eat krill oil for some strange reason. I'm not really sure the science about whether the astaxanthin pigment or the... I mean, I think there's omega-3s or 6s or 9s. I don't know. Lindsay and I are both vegetarian, so I don't really know anything about this. Um, no, me either. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, basically people are, like, harvesting krill both for human supplements and also they put krill and the astaxanthin um, into salmon, um, like fish food, um, mm-hmm. to make the salmon that pinkish reddish color. It's also why um, flamingos are pinkish red. Yeah. 
Because they like, eat krill. Like you eat too many carrots, you exactly. turn orange. Yeah. Flamingos are, eat too much krill, but not too much. They, they eat just the, perfect the right amount of krill. Um, yeah, so they're, because of all the farming, or the farming, all the harvesting of krill, um, combined also with uh, uh, climate change, uh, it's definitely causing some problems in the, especially Antarctic ecosystem. But, mm-hmm. Other things other than krill also make uh, astaxanthins, including some yeast and some algae. And you can make it synthetically. So, oh, so just do that. Look at that. I don't know. Yeah. Seems cool. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a, it's totally. not like, like, it's a cool chemical, but it's not a super crazy complicated chemical. It's just, yeah, it's just a pigment. Well, yeah, that, which would make sense. It's, mm-hmm. They're not very um, and, advanced animals. Well, the krill don't, like, the krill don't, um produce it they i mean they might modify it as they consume it from the um microalgae that they eat yeah yeah because they yeah they it's eat microalgae yeah. like they eat yeah. um yeah phytoplankton and then things bigger than krill eat them and then so on and so on and so on and that's the, the circle of life yeah. yeah and then we kill the antelopes and the antelopes beca- and then we become the grass yeah, yeah. we i know this story yeah. <laughs> It's all the same. Yeah, so, I don't know. Blue krill. So maybe on that planet, um, the krill are blue because that helps block the solar radiation of a different kind from a different sun. True. Or be. maybe it's one of those ones with the two suns. Oh, yeah. Know. We'd have to watch that episode again. Yeah, or um, because they're freshwater, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Or yeah, because they were in kind of like a marshy. Yeah, it was definitely like swampy. Thing. Yeah, it looked... Man- mangrovey. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, man. Now I just want to watch Mandalorian again. I know. I'm going to wait because the documentary comes out. Oh, yeah. On the day this is released. Indeed. We're not the only ones with the, you know, Star Wars plan for May the 4th. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Um, yeah. Happy May the 4th. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope you have a great Star Wars day at your house. <laughs> um, watching Star Wars. Indeed. Um, yeah. This is kind of what we came up with. Maybe we'll, by the time we get to next May the 4th, we'll think of some other ones Indeed. Or if you have Star Wars questions for us, uh, you can find us on social media at Nature Finds a Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can check out our website, naturefindsapod.com. Yeah, and we can try and answer them, or I can call my brother-in-law, which Indeed. I do after we see every movie. <laughs> uh, so handy. <laughs> we will be back in two weeks with something we know much more about. Dragonheart. I think I've only seen it once. I haven't seen it for so long. I'm very excited. (laughs) Me too. Yay, dragons. Yay, dragons. Okay. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.